opinions, and attitudes. Attitudes. There's actually uh, intriguing talk. You know, they talk about the news. And you have to respect them for that. You're listening to Right On Radio. All right. That's right. You're listening to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. I'm joined by the one, the only, former, or maybe current, mother of darkness. That's right. She's in the house. Her name is Jessie Zaboner, and she's here to reveal truth to you today with her assistance from her public system. <laughs> yeah, and Where so I see has a new toy with some background <laughs> music. <laughs> they added will a new feature that it again, and I couldn't resist. Uh, so funny. Hey, you All haven't right, given so... me a title or a name for a long time. That used to be a fun game. <laughs> that used to be a fun game. Uh, we'll get back to it one of these days. But Jesse, the world has gotten to a more serious spot. And I've had to become serious. <laughs> that must have been why, you know, you're firm and you've got some hard rock going there. And that's definitely <laughs> serious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious matter, of course. But seriously, uh, listen, I think you're going to enjoy today's show. We have a, uh, a new topic that we're going to be doing uh, and by the way, this all ties in with the other things we've been teaching with the Voice of God project, with the frequencies and everything else. But we're going to start to literally unlock where it all comes from and the things that are behind it. And uh, so today we're going to do some historical stuff, which is going to be foundational for this uh, series we're going to do. I don't know how many episodes it will be, but they'll be on probably... Tuesdays or Thursdays, probably once a week we'll do this, and then we'll cover some news in between, and of course we do the uh, the study on Sundays and uh, and all the other things we have going on. But Jesse, let's, uh, I don't know exactly where we want to start. How about with the Shikaida? The Shikaida, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's been some things throughout the past couple of years of the Sakaida. And as we begin to look at that, you know, it, it's it's basically this bug, you know, that comes around every few years and looks much like a type of beetle, dark in color and stuff. And it, it often would be, um, I guess, you know, looked at as a locust, a form of locust. Uh, but they were common in biblical days. And, you know, so people have kind of been alluding to this creature that's out there and stuff. Um, where we want to go with it today is that, you know, I want to look at it in light of what it means in the system. And, you know, it's not just a bug like this. Um, this word cicada is a term that is used for some very, I guess we'll say high level elite uh, individuals who come from the long family lines of what scripture used to call the Magi. So Jeff, like maybe you can 
kind of just talk about that a little bit. Like who were the Magi in, in scripture? All right. Well, let, let me just give a little bit more info about the bug because I think it's important. And, and I really want people to read between the lines here. So the Shekaida, uh, by the way, so last year, uh, 2021 was a year of the Shekaida and there was a whole bunch of them. And like, even, uh, you know, people were eating them on TV. Celebrities is apparently a bit of a delicacy and, and it's kind of a, a gross looking beetle type bug that actually goes through this thing. And, and it kind of becomes a little bit beautiful in some ways, but they can, they live under the earth, uh, in their original form which is kind of like a dead form. It's, you know, it's like not active for up to 17 years. So 17 years. And what they've been known in, uh, in across the world in many religions, including Native American and Greek and Jewish history, as a representation of resurrection and new life. In fact, they even say dark to light. And so th this is, it goes really, really deep with the symbolism of this thing. And then um, <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go into why people eat them. Uh, like <laughs> Why do people thing. eat them, Jeff? I, I'm, I'm people curious. are doing it out of ignorance, Jesse. You think it's only ignorance, or is there a reason behind why they eat them? What, what well, do they apparently think? they're kind of delicious. I don't know. Like popcorn delicious? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let me uh, let me talk about the Magi in the Bible. And, and the Magi spelled M-A-G-I really is just in one uh, verse that I could find in the Bible. And it says, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born a king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. Where King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Yeah, that nicely sets up kind of you know, that concept of who are the Magi. And, you know, as I started to pray and study on this quite a bit more, and this was several years back, uh, one of the interesting ways that the Lord started to show me the truth about who the Magi were um, was through my Hebrew professor. And um, he was one of the 10 guys who translated the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so uh, he did a class where he literally, you know, brought in all the little fragments and the scrolls. Um, like they get them on... Um, like almost like a projector type machine. And so they get like these clear pieces of paper that have all of the scroll fragments as they like unroll it and they take pictures as they unrolled them piece by piece. And then these scholars had to put together um, all the fragments and interpret 
you know, what each scroll said. So very extensive work. It was really interesting. But um, some of the scrolls that were in there, you know, were really ancient old scrolls. And um, some of them, you know, talked about, um, they used the term like jihad and who was the jihad. And then some of them used, like it talked about this Ethiopian priesthood. And so what's interesting about that is that, you know, the Magi in the East, people have questioned, well, where, where did they come from? What were some of the back connections to that? And I believe that that really came through, you know, the time of Solomon where he made connections with the queen of Sheba, who was over that area of Ethiopia. And the scrolls reveal that there was a second temple um, of Israelites, uh, the authentic priesthood, we'll say, uh, that was in Ethiopia. And that temple um, with that priesthood has still continued even unto today, but it's been very hidden by the Jews who are in Jerusalem. And so these some of the scrolls that were interpreted um, were letters from those priests in that temple in Ethiopia where they were trying to, you know, get help from the priests in Jerusalem. One of their big issues was that, you know, they were in a culture where um, these people would set up their animals as their gods. You know, they worshiped the cows, they worshiped the sheep, the goats. Well, what do the priests, you know, what did God command them to sacrifice on a daily basis? It was sheep. So, um, you know, the, the people in that area got very violent towards these Jerusalem priests because they, you know, felt like they were sacrificing their God, the sheep God. So um, that's kind of like some of the beginnings of where these magi come out of. Um, as that temple continued, uh, we see that there's some name changes. Um, you know, they, they had certain individuals that they chose who they would have be guardians of or keepers of the knowledge, the books, the information that they held. It also included the treasures. So like the treasures of the Queen of Sheba uh, that had been between her and Solomon that did include um, some of the temple uh, treasures that belonged to the Lord. Uh, Solomon had entrusted some of those with the Queen of Sheba and the priests that were there in Ethiopia. So um, as this kind of progressed, uh, that select group of garters of the information in the uh, treasure, they became known as the jihad. Now that's not the term, like we don't relate it to a priesthood or to, no. you know, special people. Like we see that as a very, you know, negative term in our day and our time. But that originally was not how it was used. Um, that was after, you know, during... Jesus's time, some of those individuals, you know, they went by the terms magi, or if they were part of that select upper group, 
they were known as the jihad. It was very honored position to be a keeper of this information. Later, some of them then became known as Illuminati. Uh, that's where they kind of came up with that name. And uh, from there, um, you know, at the highest levels as they split off and some of those names became negative, uh, the very upper levels uh, began going by the name, um, the cicada. And uh, so that's where that kind of comes from. And, you know, why did they go with that name? It is very relevant to some of the things we see happening today because one of the unique sources that they had was a book that simply was called, you know, by the 17th letter of the alphabet, um, it was called, you know, that letter source. And uh, so that began, you know, kind of some of the things that we see happening today are based off of the information that was in, in that book. So when we talk about, we'll just say 17 source. Actually, yeah. what the heck? I'm going to delete the video off of FluffTube anyways. Q source. <laughs> um, so let's, let's kind of define what Q source is a little bit. Because Q source, in my understanding, and uh, you know, I haven't read the book, Jesse. I got to be honest; I'm familiar with it. Uh, but Q source is not only a book; it's a group mm -hmm. of people, and this group of people have literally gone down and found some treasures, found some secrets. They have presented it to. We'll call them the Patriots. Um, so it's not to, it's not the Book of Q, which is one of the lost books that perhaps was written by a meticulous scribe. Or does it have relation to that? Because I, I don't know. Jesse, do you know? Yeah, it is. It is um, highly connected with that, yes. Okay. Can you so give that's us a the book that we're saying... That? Yeah, we're saying it's not, you know, it's not lost anymore that they've had it the entire time. But it's it was a book where it had to, like with some of those ancient prophetic books, um, there's a timing. So, you know, they would consider it sealed or unopenable until that time. And once it reaches that time, they open it up. And that's kind of where the prophecies are released. So, um, you know, an example of that would be out of Revelations chapter 10, where it talks about the little black book that is given to John. And the Lord says that's sealed and hidden until the time when it's to be revealed. And that so also happened in Daniel. Uh, Daniel was also yeah. told, seal this book until this time. Right. So, now I, I want to just because we're we're laying a foundation because I know that this is going to go really deep. So I want to make sure that there's no misunderstandings, even on my behalf, Jesse. So we know that there's some books that are going to be unsealed. So first of all, um, 
Well, I want to know a couple things. Are these books to be relied on as maybe being released from God? Or are they that are coming from the system that they're going to try to create these prophecies to unfold would be my first question. And my second question is, let's continue to define between the book of Q and Q source so there's no confusion. Yeah. um, So with the first question, um, you know, I think that there there are pieces ultimately um, that source is taken from higher level um, discerning from the word of God. So, you know, I guess the best way, you know, that they've tried to bring it out to people to kind of put thoughts in people's head of where it comes from was the Da Vinci Code. And in there you see that, you know, like that you have these scribes who were reading through scripture, but they were going to the deeper levels. You know, they found that that there's patterns in scripture, there's mathematical numerical patterns, as well as, you know, patterns with letters, patterns with placement of uh, verses that align throughout the different generations, um, patterns that go from one book to the next. So they began to study all these different patterns and put together the revelations that came from those studies. So ultimately, you know, it is from scripture, but then they add some of those revelations or interpretations, which may not always be or have been led by the Holy Spirit. So therefore, you know, you really still have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to pray through if you're, when you're connecting those things, um, because you have two things you have you know god's word which transcends time and space you know and is multi-layered multi-dimensional um and then you have men who are trying to interpret that and discern you know what is the will of god um you know, because that word speaks to the past, the present, and the future. So they have to discern when they're reading that word, what is it saying for the past, the present, and the future? And so when I hear this, Jesse, I think of some of the the other things that come to my mind right now. And so first of all, you know, I've been saying for years, even before I met you, that God is a God of repeating patterns. Yeah. And you know, and and I even really discovered that in music because music is a series of repeating patterns. It's like mm-hmm. if you want to get good at music, you got to kind of learn that. Um, and so these things uh, and learning that on a on an instrument is like a key to understanding how music relates and and how you can create really complex things without uh, making it too complicated in your mind. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but it's true. But the same thing is with the scriptures. And because God transcends space or time, you have to Mm -hmm. think that he's left nuggets in there for the people who are really seeking his face. And he's left nuggets in there to run other people down bunny trails, which will eventually be turned for his good and his glory because everything 
does turn out that way. So right. on one side, we have the, this order that's looking and trying to discern the face and trying to unlock the things that God has given them and they're genuine in their heart. But then there's other people who may even be using those ones who are trying to get ahead of God and trying to fulfill prophecies right now. And, and quite honestly, I really think that that's where we're at. And, and when I, when you and I actually agreed, Jesse, that this year will determine if the tribulation starts right away or if it's delayed, uh, because right. I think they're trying to make prophecy unfold right now. And yeah, God's absolutely. just back laughing. And I think, you know, I'm glad you brought a lot of that out. And, you know, with this group is their discerning, um, you know, that's really what the Magi did, that they would be um, looking at kind of God's universal key that, you know, he's made things even all the way back in Genesis 1. It tells us that he created the sun and the moon to govern the day and the night. He created um, the stars you know, which astrologically it's been proven that they rotate to do exactly what God has called them to do to, you know, dictate the months, the years, you know, the time. So even the seasons, you know, so these are things that these um, individuals got very good at, you know, looking at reading, discerning, and it kind of, you know, went across further, you know, they, they discerned these patterns, these cycles, but it was primarily in several areas. Um, you know, the first was astrology with the stars. Uh, the second was mathematics. And um, the, the third is medicine. Uh, the fourth is architecture. And then you have religion and art. So in all these areas, they've been discerning you know, the way things are. And, you know, it goes back even farther because the base of this knowledge goes, you know, to what what we've known or called the universal key, which is God's created um, architecture of, of the universe. And it's based off of, you know, his design of order. It's not a design of chaos. He designed everything to operate within a system of order. So, you know, they've taken the system of order and learned from it that by it, they can foresee, you know, things that are going to happen. They can predict and they can try to prevent things that they don't want to happen from happening. Um, so we're seeing a lot of that at play. And what's interesting is that, you know, um, I just kind of want to bring it around to the present day, because if you think that this isn't active today, you know, I've been encouraging people to get a hold of, you know, Michael Aquino's work, um, um, Mind Wars, which is an operational military manual that they're currently using. And, um, in those works, you know, he goes into some of these details and starts to break down like how in the military they're using this universal key at the highest levels um, 
you know, creating things. They've, you know, been able to hook it up to the quantum computing system. And through that, they can funnel in, you know, the patterns. They just have to put in the patterns that have been through time. And then that computer will give to them the predictions of what, you know, is going to, what possibly could happen. What are the chances of something happening? You know, even what's the percentage of the chances of that something happening? And then what are things that they could do to prevent those things from happening. So, you know, they're going off of this and, you know, a lot of those predictions even came through using children in their military programs like the Looking Glass, Star Wars Now, and the Voice of God projects. So even breaking this down a little bit further, just, I really want everyone to understand the basic concepts. And Jesse, i don't proclaim to be an expert in this. You know, I didn't grow up in yeah. the system or anything like that. I've been studying hard. <laughs> you <laughs> have been. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually painful to do. You know, Jesse encourages I learned it all in four people. years, Jeff. You've got this. <laughs> Jesse encourages you to get these books. I say, keep your money. Uh, let us give you the important stuff. It's uh, it's my job to, to go through and buy these things and... <laughs> and and by the way, the Lord provides for me, and I really believe he protects my mind from it as well. But on a fundamental thing, because you said God's keys and, and his basic construct of the universe. So what is the basic construct of the universe? I think this is important. Think of an atom. Mm -hmm. You have a nuclei. You have an electron, you have a proton, and you had talked about astrology. Well, that's kind of a, like a little universe. So you've got some astrology happening there. You've got these two little planets floating around a sun, essentially. But mm -hmm. there's a magnetism. And if yeah. you looked at a picture, there's a left magnetism, there's a right magnetism. And they're opposite. So they can either attract or they can repel, depending on mm -hmm. which way they're facing this is fundamentally my understanding doesn't mean i'm right this is a fundamental in some of the magic that these guys are doing at the highest level yeah it's that's the basic fundamentals of it that you know if you have god and you're you're in that space of love there's going to be that attract where we're one but if you're if there's sin and you're turned away, there's going to be that repelling and that separation and um, division. So that, okay. that was a great now, example. Well, okay. But now you've just, now I got to ask another question because I haven't figured this out. You said that, right. Cause if, if you're in love or if you're in sin, right. How do they, and, and we know that like, you know, some of the sex of this uh, it, it, it's sex and, you know, it's yeah. do as thou wilt, and that in, that's really a very sexualized phrase. I guess it has to be consensual, um, yeah. I'm guessing. I don't know. For it to be in love, if it's not consensual, is it sin in there? Like, how does that work? Because, you know, what God sees and what they say, I think God's disgusted by it. That's not the way God created us to be. However, right. I guess they consider themselves gods, and... Uh, so how how does that work with the the good and the bad? I guess. 
Well, I think, you know, you're talking two different things. Um, the first is kind of the universal key, which is, you know, revolves around the Lord and our, our relation, our intimacy with him. So, you know, the closer we are to that, you know, there's only one thing that we'll be doing, and that's walking within his will. So what you're talking about, though, is those who already are in sin, they've already been repelled away from that main source, and they are operating under their own little source and, you know, trying to accomplish things, but it's without God's power. So two different examples, like they, you know, they can't be part of that you know, glory of God power if they're already operating outside of it. Is that, I, okay, so you might have just given me a, another clue. So is that essentially dark side and light side? Because the Not light the side system. is disgusted with the dark side and the dark side is doing some dark stuff. The light side, you know, they're doing healing and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so they would be still, I would say, you know, not in that inner nucleus with God, but they would be closer to that glory of God versus, you know, those who aren't. But thank you. Okay, so that that makes that makes sense to me. So I'm I'm assuming if it makes sense to me, it's making sense to the audience. <laughs> I'm going under some basic assumptions. Now, the other thing that the audience is going to be wondering about because. We started talking about the cicada and the magi and their priests. And of course, in the Bible and Matthew, as we read at the top of the show, uh, they, they came and said, hey, we, we want to worship this guy, meaning the Lord Jesus. Did they have good intentions or were they trying to seek the location to destroy him, first of all? And are they, and today, are they good or are they bad? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I believe that the answer is already there in scripture with the Magi who came to see Jesus. We know that Herod's intentions were evil and that he sent them to locate and go find uh, since they were headed that way anyway. But what we find happens when they get there is that they did worship him and they left and returned to their home. They did not go back and report to Pharaoh the, where the location of Jesus was. So therefore he wasn't destroyed uh, because that was Pharaoh's intention. You know, he mass murdered children two years and younger uh, trying to get rid of the Messiah. So, so I would say in there, it was very good. Now the same with today, um, you have those who, you know, they've been given guarded material, but I believe at the highest levels that they really are uh, walking in that space where they walk with God and they want to know God. They want to know the true God. And, you know, some of the things that they have will set up for the Antichrist. But at the same time, some of the things that they've done and have, you know, are the will of God. And, you know, and you know, I believe that the majority of these people, because they do speak the word of God, they do uh, go back to the prophecies that tell us that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. So um, I have to say it's still, I'll just say, you know, it, it's a gray subject, meaning that 
Um, I believe people still need to proceed cautiously because it is very easy to be deceived. Um, but at the same time, I do believe that there are solid, you know, we'll say Christ-fearing uh, individuals in that movement who, you know, are good. Um, at the same time, you do have those who there is that agenda and they have deciphered and discerned, you know, the darkest, most wickedest stuff out of that gematria and, um, you know, have been trying to put some of that into effect. Um, it's got to be an incredible <laughs> temptation. And, and I'll tell you the truth. I've been praying against it because, you know, even reading stuff like this mind wars and, and stuff like that, it, there's a temptation that you can use this stuff in your own personal life. Right. There, there's a temptation. So when I think of someone like the Magi and they're, they're guarding these secrets, they're learning them, they're deciphering. And there would be, I'm, I'm assuming no matter how holy you are or how set apart you are, that there's a temptation with this knowledge. Uh, first of all, if you're a human being and you've ever had a sexual feeling, there's obviously going to be those temptations. Yeah. Uh, but also there's temptations and what you could do it. And there's temptations to use divination for good, even if it's in your own mind. But, but as Christians, we don't, that's taking the place of God when you're doing those things. We are called to just pray to God mm -hmm. and, and walk with him and do as we're instructed, but we're not called to do divination of any kind. Right. And that, you know, that is a strong reality, I believe, for the majority of these individuals. And, um, you know, I often think of like what they have to surrender or give up. You know, a lot of them, they have to solely focus on that relationship with Christ because if they add anything that has any worldly connection, you know, it throws off that devotion and that that temptation and sin is coming in. Um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I've I've only met probably five of these individuals my entire life, uh, starting back when I was a kid. And, you know, even some of them at that time, like they went by another name as well. Uh, one of them, you know, was known as the wizard. And, you know, so they do classify themselves as, you know, not just magicians um, or magi, but, you know, they do connect themselves with that, you know, entanglement with the elements, the earth, the forces, and, you know, God is included in that. The key is that, not, you know, the majority of them don't worship those things. Um, but in its truest form, you know, magic is defined by that entanglement with something that is outside of God. So, you know, it, it's hard to discern in that a person's heart is, you know, did God create us 
I guess maybe that's the base question. Did God create us to entangle with other things to know them? You know, that's what that the word entanglement really comes from is that word know, which is the deepest form of intimacy. Did God create us to intimately know the thing, other things he created, or were we made only to know him? And yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you've said a lot right there and it, being a discerning listener, uh, first of all, you met like five of them when you were a kid. So I'm thinking, okay, they're not, they're not real good guys <laughs> because you're not going to be introduced to them. Like, a, by the way, here's the, you know, the most holy guy in the world, <laughs> you know, that, 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 those weren't the circles you were running in as a mother of darkness. <laughs> so that's just, you know, now the other thing is, I think it's important. And it's the question I want to pose to you, Jesse. Are these, this particular sect, these magis, the Sakaidas, the Sakaidas were buried and then born into this new life. Are they a bloodline and were they born into this life? What do you mean by born into this life? Like it, it's a family tradition. It's passed from the father to the son to the next son, uh, you know, through generations. Were they born? Yes, I would say. That role? Yeah, I would say it is. It is definitely a role they're born into, and it you know does come through their family line, and uh, you know very high level. So like, you know, one of them that I had met. Um, you know, it's really interesting because we had another gentleman with us who is very strong evangelist and very anti-Catholic church. And so he was speaking to, to this gentleman. We had all gone out to dinner together and I had picked up earlier, you know, some of the, uh, you know, Masonic shakes or things like that. So when this guy had reached out to shake my hand, you know, literally I just naturally grabbed that special way and he kind of like gave me a look like why why is she you know grabbing my hand and putting her hand on top of mine and um so you know when we went out for dinner then this evangelist friend you know was really like going at him saying you know you're catholic you follow the pope and you know the Bible says this and this and this about, you know, you shouldn't have any man above you and our only mediators, Jesus Christ. And, and so this other guy was sitting there and he's like, but I don't follow the Pope. I don't believe in the Pope. I don't worship the Pope, you know, things like that. And I'm picking all that up. So finally I was like, well, hold on here. You said you go to, you know, this, it actually was Italian. He's from Italy. So I'm like, you know, you say that you go to this Catholic church and stuff, but you don't believe in the Pope or follow the Pope, you know, like, how does that fit into the universal church definition, right? And he says, well, no, like, we are a group that's separate. Like, we don't believe in the Pope or follow the Pope. We only follow Jesus Christ. And I said, 
how I said, how can that be? Right? Like, tell me about your special group then. And he says, well, he says, you know, um, I forget the exact way, but he said something about like, we are the keepers of, of the grail. And when he said that immediately, I knew. And I said, oh, I said, so you're actually one of the keepers of the grail, your, your church. And he said, yes. And he's like, you know what that means? And I said, yes. And he said, let me show you something. So then he showed me his um, sign that he carries. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, so you're one of the keepers. <laughs> but I used their exact term that they use for that. And he was like, you have heard of this? And I was like, of course I've heard of this. So it got into a very interesting conversation. Um, so part of that group, you know, I mean, it's international, not just here in the United States, but they do work with the high level government, military. They actually oversee, um, you know, you will have members of this Sakaida who are um, advisors for different rulers in the different nations. And they kind of fall into that role that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego played with the, you know, with King Cyrus and Darius of Babylon, that um, Babylon and Persia, that they, you know, are advisors and special men. Um, they do see themselves as part of this priesthood, but yet they're not active in the priesthood in the sense where they have a congregation, you know, their, their duty to God is for one thing. And, you know, they're all given different things within the special information or um, special stuff that they're to guard. So what we see happening now in this day is that these individuals have now been brought together and are working in conjunction to each other, no longer just secret keepers in and of themselves or their family lines. They're coming together to bring forward the, the prophecies and the things that they've been guarding because they have discerned that this is the time. You know, they see the hand of God, the signs, the wonders that have been predicted for this time happening, and they know then that when they see those things happening, that this is what they're to do. Now, would these, uh, this special priesthood, the Magi uh, today, Jesse, would they be names that we would know or are they kind of hidden away from public? No, they, they are hidden away from public. Yeah. Okay. So, but they are working at the most high level. Yes. So foundationally, uh, Jesse, I think that's all I've got. Do you have more to add to the foundation? Because I know next time we're going to get into the keys. Yeah, no, I think this is a great foundation to start with. And, you know, maybe as a summary, you know, what we're starting to bring out is is to show that, you know, the things and the people we see coming forward today, it's not a new thing. 
that it is part of both God's plan and the system, um, and that you have these select individuals who have been keepers of, you know, the ancient information, including God's universal key, um, that they've used to discern the times, the seasons, the the will of God that's to happen. So. I don't know. Do you feel like that's a fair summary? <clears throat> well, I, so I was I was going to do a little bit of a different summary, but you raised another question now. Okay. <laughs> Why would God give knowledge of his universal key to humans so many years ago? Um, you know, I think it stems back to his promise to King David. Uh, he promised David an heir that would sit on his throne forever and that his his kingdom would know no end. Um, as we see that story oh, unfold, um, you know, you have Solomon who comes into the picture. And I always go back to his birth because if you remember, you know, God made David that promise, yet... David fell into sin with Bathsheba and killed her husband Uriah so that he could take her as a wife. That child that was conceived in that sin died and that was their punishment. But then the Lord allowed Bathsheba to give birth to Solomon and the Lord the Lord told David through Nathan the prophet his name is Jedidiah because I love him. And as we look at that love then that went forward, that God get in his grace and mercy, he didn't stay angry with David forever. He forgave and he put his love on Solomon. And then what happens between Solomon and God? Because Solomon, you know, in his rule, he really was seeking the welfare of the people. And he didn't ask God for riches or gold or fame or anything like that. He asked for wisdom. And so the Lord gave that. And it wasn't just, you know, understanding or wisdom in a few things. What did the Lord give Solomon? He gave him his full everything, gave him all the wisdom. He gave him that universal key. But unfortunately, Solomon was not faithful in that to God, his heart was drawn away because with that understanding and that wisdom came the things of God, but also, you know, the truth about sin and the things of this world that were not of God. And Solomon's heart was drawn towards those things. So, but, you know, why did he ultimately still give it? It was because all of that leads us to his original promise. The, that the brings us that right today, because let's face it, Solomon's uh, thing is forever. still in charge of this world. You know, the throne is still there. Uh, and what's interesting about that, Jesse, is as as you're talking about it, and again, you know, Scripture just keeps revealing itself. So, you know, I'm just putting some stuff out here, but I'm very familiar with the story of Solomon. And, you know, he was talking to fallen angels, essentially. Yeah. And so I wonder if part of the wisdom, God gave him wisdom, but then he allowed 
these fallen angels to speak to him as well. And so he obviously fell for the allure. And let's face it, you know, Lucifer is the, the bearer of light. You know, he can come yeah. and there's great deception. You know, if we think we have a great deception coming, well, that's true. But there was great deception in those days as well. Mm. And wow, that, that really presents a great Which foundation. Became their basis for the universal law that you know, that dictates all Solomonic magic is that connection with Lucifer and the light, you know, because he he was one of the angels that walked, you know, and dwelled in the glory of the Lord. You know, that's when he was cast out, he was removed from that place and position where he could no longer dwell in the glory of the Lord. So you've got that false light coming in, which really is what the darkness is. And, um, you know, and the system tends to dwell on that part of the universal key. It just dwells on that dark side. And it's really hidden all of the light side of that that leads to that glory and the light of God. That's what they've kept out. And that's what we're bringing forward in these months to come is what's the full connection you know what are the missing pieces that they left out of the information that god revealed to solomon so let's just tie this up a little bit and then jesse i i didn't tell you this beforehand but uh some people have been asking for me to continue a little bit on that dream i had about the one rising in the Mm -hmm. east and then true dope i'll I'll give you what my full understanding of that is now but also I had a vision on Sunday and I was wide awake while this vision happened. And, you know, normally I I let these things sit for a few days because I just want to meditate on it. Um, This one doesn't need any interpretation. So I want to tell you what this one is. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, well, first of all, I'm thinking, am I nuts to share this? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but the other side is I, these things are happening more and more frequently in my life. So maybe I'm supposed to share them and I'll just put myself. I, I think there. nuts is the wrong term, Jeff. I think you just need to, to with confidence proclaim, you know, that you're supposed to share with boldness and courage. That I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, no, listen, I, I yeah, listen, I'll put myself out there unashamed. It doesn't matter. Um, but just to rehash, and, and so we're spending a bit of time on all of this because it is foundational. Okay. So remember, we started with the Shekinah. It goes for like 17 years, then goes from dark to light. It's like a new resurrection, a new life, you know. Uh, We have the Magi, who are also the Shekinah. They're also high-level advisors on the world stage. They're hidden. They're keepers of hidden knowledge. They're also guardians of the Holy Grail. All stuff that relates to previous episodes. Um, You want to give the significance of the Holy Grail again in case we have a new listener? I know it's a fairy tale that you've been told as a kid, but Jesse, just just a quick explanation. Yeah, and, and clarify, you know, this is system teaching, not not the truth. 
But for them, the Holy Grail is the seed of Christ. So they believe that um, Mary Magdalene and Jesus uh, were lovers and married and had a child. And that child was a girl. And so that's where the grail comes in. The grail represents the chalice or the cup, which in the system represents the female womb. So when they use that term Holy Grail, you know, they're referring to they're protecting the seed that comes from the womb of Christ. Um, and this is the deception because Lucifer knows it's a lie. This is the right. deception that they've been working on for well over a thousand years. Yeah, part of the great apostasy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so all these things tie in together, and uh, I really think you're going to enjoy this series that we're going to do. But uh, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, first, uh, we got to announce some travel for Jesse. Uh, so a little bit of show scheduling, uh, and then I'll get to my dream. But first. <laughs> Stop buying from the cabal. Jesse, do you buy from the cabal anymore? I buy less from the cabal than I did a year ago. That's the honest truth. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the cabal is still the only people who, who are really packed up with uh, toilet paper and, you know, feminine products and things like that. So, but otherwise, yes, you know, most of my shopping and switching for household items, cleaning, uh, even personal care items. Now we go through mylibertystand.com. And I've been very pleased with those products and got some great reviews. It was funny this week. Uh, we, we've added this as part of our uh, veteran project through Illuminate the Darkness, uh, both for veterans and some survivors. Mm -hmm. So, because uh, we help with some of the household stuff, but it relieves, you know, um, some of that financial burden that they have when they're struggling with finances. And so one of them um, got back and was like, boy, that lotion is amazing. Like, you know, I've had some issues and with my skin and nothing has gotten it. <coughs> and they were just so happy with the lotion. So that's always good to hear, you know, I really think it's the, taken care of. I really think it's the best in the world. And I know exactly the survivor you're talking about. And by the way, just to, just to give it a bit of a plug. So uh, through Illuminate the Darkness, what Jesse's decide to do is because, you know, these people can't sign up. They can't get regular, uh, you know, paychecks. They can't. So uh, what some people have been contributing is $100, for instance. And then she'll, Jesse will ship $100 worth of product. Uh, to the so there's it's not a money maker. They uh, get to pick all. out, yeah. They get yeah. to pick out and what they want, and then it's really nice to get shipped directly to their house, and um, so it helps with that. And yeah, it's been and great. the other thing we're doing with mylibertystand.com is we're actually building our own kingdom economy. With the, yeah. a bunch of there's a bunch of us in it right now. We're building a kingdom economy. No, and it's so important. Don't. There's going to be is. that shift that happens because, you know, as the enemy gets harder and harder on us, like, I guess I just describe it as this pressing, um, you know, I experienced it the past few weeks trying to get, you know, my medications where literally I'm going to the pharmacies and they're saying, we don't have that. Like we haven't got it in our shipment. They put it in 
you know, to their suppliers to get it in their shipment and then it doesn't come in. And so, uh, you know, this is going to start happening not only with, you know, pharmacies and uh, grocery stores, but, you know, clothing stores, everything. We're noticing that they're really tightening down because they want to control us to do what they want us to do. So, you know, it's important that we all start making that shift where we are, you know, buying and purchasing things locally. We're supporting our farmers. We're my Liberty Stand is a great way to go, and I love that they deliver straight to your door. You know, yeah, and they have distribution. Sourced. The distribution is here in the U.S., so you know they don't and have to Canada. worry about their products. Yeah, they don't have to worry about their products being stuck at the docks, you know, on a on a storage container, and just sitting there. You know, they make and produce everything here and distribute it here. So. And, it's a and, good option. Yeah. And we're so confident in the products. There's like 100% satisfaction guaranteed. You don't like something, bang, there's no questions. It's taken care of. Yeah. Trust me on that. It's really good. So uh, uh please, uh, so if you haven't signed up, do sign up today. Uh, don't put it off. Do it today. Um, Jesse, let's go into your travel, and then we'll talk about my dream before we go off. Yeah, definitely. So this, uh, the next upcoming week, uh, starting the 11th and the 12th, and then we also have the 16th and the 18th and the 19th, uh, George and I will be with the Glory to God tour in Louisiana. And, you know, first I'm just going to ask for a lot of prayer for that. Um, you know, this is not our first time in that area. When we went down this past summer, we were anointing a lot of strongholds and taking authority over that territory. And I, we even went into my former uh, teacher in the system, Lori Cabot Kent shop that's there. And uh, we anointed that and, you know, just proclaimed that, you know, the Lord wants those people to come out of that darkness. He wants, wants those witches and warlocks who are in those areas uh, to be free from that spiritual bondage that's there. And so, you know, as we're going back now, the Lord has continued to work and he's been bringing a lot of those witches and warlocks out. And so this time, um, you know, we're going to be doing some deliverance with them. We're going to be anointing them. We're going to be burning some of the witchcraft paraphernalia, like uh, tarot cards and you know, wands, other things that they use down there. Uh, there's also a lot of heavy voodoo and hoodoo. Um, so they use a lot of different witchcraft paraphernalia for that. So we need a lot of prayer covering. And if you can come, um, all the tickets went up on sale today. You can go to my Twitter page and see the links for where you can get the tickets. Um, but I'll be gone. I won't be doing shows pretty much from what day the seventh through I'll be back. I should be back on the 22nd to 24th somewhere in there. We'll start having our shows again. And Jeff, I'm just going to encourage people like I did last time, you know, your job is to keep Jeff on track. God's got some work. He wants Jeff to be doing. And so if Jeff is doing a lot of shows or other things, you've got to be like, Hey, Jeff, you know, hunker down and focus and get that work. God wants you to get done, done. <laughs> Maybe I can do it all, Jesse. You never know. <laughs> uh, 
hey, if news breaks out, I break in. You are here on Sunday. Uh, we're going to be doing right. a great chapter of Acts. Like, you don't want to miss this one. Uh, so uh, we're going to be doing Acts on Sunday. We've got Saturday night sermon, and we have Dewey back up this Saturday. Oh, yeah. uh, so we've got a rotation now going, as you can see. So we've got, uh, you know, uh, we've got the, the last four pastors we're going to do. And maybe we'll interject some other ones in between. But uh, right now we've got a bit of a rotation going on. And uh, and I've been thrilled with the teaching. And so I know you will be as well. Uh, and we have, he really has a deep messianic understanding of the Bible. Although he's not a Jew, yeah. he, attends, he studies it, man. And he's got such a great message. And the continuity in the spirit, Jesse, because he's, to me, the message ties into exactly with what Brian did last weekend. Wow. Well, I can't wait it, to hear that because that was really good. So it, it all ties in and, and I, and I sense that God is doing a theme in these mm -hmm. and it's going to continue. I just said, I never dictate, uh, or even ask, what are you going to preach on and make it a, I don't do that. I just want you to know, you know I trust funny, them though, to speak God out. Yeah. That continuity. Cause when, even when we were doing, you know, the break from the revelation series and we just like all, we had several people get together each week and we all would have Word a scripture up. that we sent in and read. And it was so funny every week. There was that continuity, and we had no idea what the other ones were going to read. So you know God's moving when you get that continuity going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, right. So, so your vision. A dream and a vision. So I'll finish off with a dream because uh, people, had people have been asking. Uh, just real quick, if you didn't hear it, uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I saw someone rising up in the east and he was going to take uh take the lead you might say take the and uh and then all of a sudden Justin Trudeau jumps up and says no I'm going to do it you know and really put himself out there for the new world order for the the crap that they're trying to the reset and i guess at the end of the day uh my feeling on it now that I've had more time to meditate and ask God on it is that quite honestly, true dope jumped the gun. He made a big mistake and he's trying to use vying for position, but he's trying to, uh, so that was, so it was his ego that made him jump and God's going to, you go right against that. Uh, I'm telling you, I think it's gonna. Yeah. I, I think a cog went off their wheel when he did mm. that. Uh, so that's that. Now, now the vision. You got to bear in mind, Jesse. When I get visions, like I'm looking at something, but I see a whole other picture in front of my face. It's the best way I can describe it. Wow. And I want to be really, really clear with this one, it doesn't take very much interpretation, but here's one way not to interpret it. It is not sexual in nature. It is okay. not sexual in nature. In fact, it's the very opposite. 
I had a vision of a bunch of hangman nooses in front of a White House. Wow. But what I saw was a lot of these leaders in the USA being held in little cages, essentially inside the building. And they were told to put on these robes. And they're in White captivity. Robes. They're told they, that were... they were dark robes that I saw. Oh, okay. Wow. And what happened was they they removed all their other clothing to go underneath these robes. They put on these robes, and after they were given the robes, they were told the reason why. Because as they were walked up one by one to the hang to the gallows pole, their robes were removed from them. So they were out there in all their shame. And so people would look at them and say, that person thought they were powerful. But not only that, that woman is really a dude. And then hung. Just like in their birth suit. Wow. I don't know if it's prophetic. I don't know if I have a wild imagination. Um, it was ugly. No, I say, yeah, I would say I've had that vision when I was when I was younger, and the Lord went further with it. It then went to um, as as they were being lined up and hung, the Lord all of a sudden showed me a picture book, and literally it had pictures of my family members, uh, particularly my proctor, but they but it was like full nude. And the Lord said, you know, I will lay bare their nakedness before the world. Wow. So it goes right in line with what I saw. Yeah. So as you were talking, I, I did see, uh, from what I remember, white robes instead of dark, but that would be the only difference. Wow. Yeah, and, so, I, and I actually, and there's some real recognizable names there. I'll tell you the truth. Interesting. Yeah, I was like 12 when I had that vision. That's very interesting. Yeah, uh, it, listen, it, it was just so weird. And and by the way, it was really fast. It, like you know, it took you know a, like a, a second to see the whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, what right. you know, it it wasn't like I saw this vision and I'm staring into space and you know this thing's unfolding and one by one it wasn't like that it was just like there it is and wow. i don't know um but i and i really think part of it was so you see that they were never powerful over you and how upside down and backwards the gender thing is and i think there's going to be yeah. a lot of surprises like not not just uh, not just Michelle or Michael. Um, right. I think a bunch of them. I will verify. Marina is a woman. <laughs> so <laughs> she I can wasn't tell you that for sure. She was a woman. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
listen, that that's all it is. Uh, think of it what you want, but uh, you know, listen, I and I'm not going to encourage you to pray for that either. Although we do pray for God to bring justice because God is mm. is a loving Father. He gives a lot of time to repent. He's gracious, but he does judge. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going yeah. to not only on this earth, but then they go between they go before the white throne. Absolutely. So, well, interesting. Well, good way to end the show, Jeff, today. Going before the white throne. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I was going for the naked and exposed theme, Jeff, but <laughs> Let it be so, Lord. Hey, anyways, remember, love your God. And I'm just going to keep, I'm going to, right now, I think we need to change it because, of course, you should love your family, but love your God, love your country. Again, not globalist, <laughs> love your country. Uh, go against the new world order, of course, but you have to be a great neighbor and you can do that by loving them. And you got to make a difference in your community. We'll see you on Sunday.